Will the Washington Huskies find themselves in a bounce back year in 2022? And more importantly, will they take down the Arizona State Sun Devils in week six? We're going to talk about that in just a moment on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Wherever you do get those podcasts, though, make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's go ahead and jump into today's conversation. Continuing our series of breaking down game by game the Arizona State Sun Devil season, we're now looking at the Washington Huskies week six. Now, for a reminder, I actually have ASU at a three and two record right now with a massive upset win on the road against the USC Trojans, but just know that they probably, in a best-case scenario, we're going into this game at 2-3. and three. I am just predicting that this will be one of the biggest upsets in college football this year. But regardless of that fact, they are going into this game returning home to take on the Washington Huskies, who they were able to take down last season, albeit it took uh, an absolute miracle in order to pull it off. It really came down into the waning seconds of the game. And somehow ASU was able to muster out a win in Seattle. They now have Washington coming back to Tempe. And on paper, Arizona State should be able to handle business pretty well here. This this Washington Huskies roster as a whole is really anything but impressive. They got a brand new head coach now in Kayla, uh, Kalen DeBoer coming from uh, Fresno State. They are trying to move on from the Jimmy Lake incident that happened last year. You can look that up on your own if you were curious. And Bobby Gregory was the interim head coach, but Kalen DeBoer is coming in from Fresno State. He's been a very, very good head coach with them over the last two years, uh, going 12-6 and six in those two seasons and helping maintain a very high, uh, high-powered high offense that, that uh, uh, Fresno State Bulldogs have been used to for quite some time and he's hopefully for Washington going to take that same success that he had in Fresno and deliver it to Seattle and get Washington back on the right track because people people are quick to forget because of recency bias Washington is one of two Pac-12 teams to make the college football playoff and that was I think five or six short years ago was back in 2018 I believe and they were very quietly a really good football team. It Obviously, it's it's a very different scenario since then because Chris Peterson is no longer the head coach. Naturally, you have a lot of different players. But Washington was typically very good at reloading. Unfortunately for them, 2021 was just an off year, to put it politely. They were 4-8 and eight last year. They were uh, near the bottom of the Pac-12, they they had a three and six conference record. They were anything but impressive. They also had a huge, 
huge upset loss to Montana at home. Not great. They are probably trending in the right direction, although they do have a lot to replace. Looking at the offensive side of the ball first, they're really just that they, they return a lot of guys from last year, but at the same at the same time, the offense was just so bad last year. Uh, one of the biggest losses they had to deal with it was Kate Otten. Kate Otten was their number one tight end a year ago, and even though he only finished the year fifth in receiving yards, he still was arguably their top weapon on offense. He was a very very much a do it all tight end, and somebody who was definitely undervalued and underappreciated during his career with the Huskies. They're going to have to replace him in the passing game. On the ground, uh, Sean McGrew is gone from a year ago. He was their leading rusher with a whopping 434 yards. He did score eight touchdowns for what it's worth. But you're, you're losing your top runner. You're losing your number one tight end. But you do bring back some of your receivers. Although one more loss, uh, Terrell Bynum, their number two wide receiver, is gone for USC, of course. But they are bringing back number one receiver, Jalen McMillan. Now, McMillan is coming off a pretty dang good redshirt freshman season where he caught 39 passes, 470 yards, and three touchdowns. He's a pretty nice-sized body at 6'1", 180 pounds. And he's definitely going to be like the de facto number one guy in the passing game as my dog is squeaking her toy in the background. Uh, You've got uh, 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 Romeo Odunes is back as well going into his Redshirt sophomore season, 41 catches, 415 yards, and four touchdowns for him a year ago. So the leading receptions guy for the Washington Huskies. They're both back. They're going to be joined with quarterback Dylan Morris at quarterback, who was the starter a year ago, throwing for just shy of 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. But he is not the story here. The story at quarterback is Michael Penix Jr. Penix Jr. transferring over from Indiana, where he kind of dealt with some injuries during his time there, but showed off some intriguing capability. In 2019 and 2020, he threw for over 3,000 yards and 24 touchdowns to just eight interceptions before last year taking a pretty significant step backwards, only playing five games, completing 53.7% of his passes, less than 1,000 yards in five games, four touchdowns to seven interceptions. He nonetheless somehow presents a little more upside than what Washington has. And it's it's not the most ideal situation they find themselves in, but they they probably need to change a quarterback because Dylan Morris is just about as average as it gets. No offense, Dylan. Uh Sam Her- uh Sam Howard is still there as well, but he also just was very underwhelming last year. One touchdown against four interceptions. This is just not a great-looking offense. The offensive line will be very interesting. It's a pretty young unit, all things considered. They will have the potential return of Jackson Kirkland, who had a very weird season last year. He was playing very, very high-level football before season-ending knee injury. Ends up declaring for the NFL draft. Withdraws his name from the NFL draft pleads his case to the NCAA for an extra year of eligibility, gets it, and now is back for his sixth season with the Washington Huskies. Look, if Jackson Kirkland is healthy, he is among one of the best tackles in the Pac-12. That dude is legit. He's a very, very good player. The problem is we just don't know if he's healthy. 
it's it's you know remained to be seen whether or not he's going to be ready to go at the start of the season. And even if he is, is he going to be the same guy that he was? Obviously, they're hoping that he is. But you look at the rest of their offensive line, it's a lot of really young guys. You got Troy Fatanu as a redshirt sophomore. May, uh, uh, Calipo, excuse me, is a redshirt sophomore. And uh, Roger Rosengarten is a redshirt freshman. Those guys are projected to be starters as of now. Although uh, uh, Fatanu at left tackle could be usurped by Jackson Kirkland if he is, in fact, healthy for the year. Run game, probably not going to be that great. They did bring in two transfers in the forms of Wayne Talapapa and Aaron Dumas. Now, Talapapa is coming in from Virginia. He has rushed for just shy of 1,200 yards, but 19 touchdowns in the last three seasons, whereas Dumas is a one-year player from New Mexico who rushed for 658 yards and two touchdowns a year ago. They're definitely going to be major factors in this running game with, you know, just a, a very low expectation coming back. Uh, Cameron Davis will also factor into the equation. He is the leading returner in rushing yards from last season after Sean McGrew obviously was gone. So those three will factor into the backfield and we'll have to see how it ends up turning out. But overall, this is not a good offense. It really isn't. And if they do end up finding success, it is definitely because of the the coaching able to get the most out of these guys. Again, uh, they were they were able to pull in and now I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, K- Kalen DeBoer. They were able to pull him in from Fresno State, who has typically had very good offenses. They're going to be banking on him to do the same thing with their offense here. Uh, let's go ahead and call quits on the first segment. When we return, we're going to go ahead and pick up on the defensive side of the ball for the Huskies. But first, a word from our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. As always, guys, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Do me a favor and check out the Ultimate College Football Preview. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college sports experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back into it. You have... The defensive side of the ball. Another pretty underwhelming unit last year. They were absolutely torched in the ground game. While they did finish, I believe it was like top 10 against the pass. The problem is teams weren't passing the football on them because they typically were just getting big leads so early in games that they ended up grounding and pounding the ball out. And unfortunately for Washington, they had no solution for the ground game and ended up being 
somewhere in like 140th in the nation. It was absolutely ridiculous. Well, it doesn't help that they have a lot to replace, uh, particularly in the secondary. You have to replace Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie. McDuffie, a first-round pick, and uh, Gordon, a second-round pick in the past 2022 draft. They're also going to be trying to replace uh, Jackson Sermon at linebacker. Or excuse me, no, Ser- Sermon is the guy coming back. Um, I can't remember who it was that's leaving. You guys will have to forgive me on that. But we'll we'll get the Jackson Sermon in just a second. They they do have a lot of replacing to do, especially on that back end. They do have some intriguing young guys on the defensive line that they're going to be looking at. Their leading sack artist from a year ago, uh, Voy Tanufi, is back this year. Uh, according to the uh, depth chart here from our lands, he's listed with their team. I don't know how accurate that would be considering he was your leading sack artist. But again, you know, similar situation in Arizona State. BJ Green isn't your listed number one defensive tackle. He was your leading sack artist. I'm sure they're going to want to get him involved in more ways than one. You also have, uh, uh, I'm, I'm totally going to butcher this, so my apologies. Uh, Fai Tui, uh, Tutu Lee. There we go. Uh, on the defensive line as well. Uh, he also finished last year tied with uh, Voiv with three sacks. The defensive line will be very interesting. There's so many guys that they're going to rotate around, and they got to be excited about the depth that they have to be able to kind of have these interchangeable guys and figure out, you know, what works, what doesn't work, who can we rely on the most. More importantly, who's going to fit against the run the best. Looking at the linebacker core, it definitely got a little bit of a makeover with Cam Bright being the big addition there for them coming from uh, Pittsburgh. Now, a year ago, he had 53 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, and three sacks in 13 games for Pittsburgh. Overall in his career, uh, 23 and a half tackles for loss in four seasons. He will be a graduate senior this year. Definitely more of like your modern linebacker build at six foot, 220 pounds. They're going to be anticipating a big season out of him because they need to, uh, they, they're, they're really going to be banking on uh, Jackson Sermon to have a pretty big, uh, 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 what's it called? A uh, sophomore season for them. Now Sermon is coming off a really, really good freshman year where he, recorded no i was right jackson sermon went to cal all right i'm not crazy yeah jackson sermon's gone there you go so they're going to be relying on cam bright and then uh the rest of their linebacking core is going to be some transfers in the form of christopher mull and demario king so like with the loss of jackson sermon i knew i wasn't crazy i knew he left with his loss, that's going to be very, very difficult on the front seven. Cam Bright is going to be relied on heavily to be a guy who's going to captain the front and hopefully put up some career highs and tackles. A uh, career high for him being 62 back in 2019. Looking at the secondary, you know, typically Washington has fielded great secondary after great secondary after great secondary. They have put in countless players in the NFL and put in Buda Baker. Kyler Gordon, Trent McDuffie in recent years, Kevin King, Sidney Jones were all players. Um, uh, Byron Mack, not Byron Maxwell, Byron Murphy with the Arizona Cardinals also in the NFL. 
they have had just a ridiculous amount of talent in that secondary. There's definitely going to be a lot of replacing this year that they're going to have to do. Again, with the losses of Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie. Now, Gordon only had two interceptions and McDuffie had zero interceptions, but that doesn't tell the score of how good they were on the back end. They're going to be looking uh, primarily at Asa Turner, who is one of their uh, returning safeties and could be kind of subject to moving all around the defense. They do have that interesting Husky role, which typically is reserved for like a nickel corner almost for them. But it'll be interesting to see if like Asa Asa Turner will be involved in that. Uh, Asa Turner also tied the team lead in interceptions with Kyler Gordon a year ago with two. Alex Cook, the other starting safety for them, is someone who I have heard before a little bit of hype generated around him. Not saying like first round hype or anything like that, but he is somebody that NFL circles are kind of excited about. And he's, you know, probably going to be the guy in the secondary that they're going to be uh, leaning upon. Uh, Jordan Perriman, incoming transfer coming from uh, UC Davis is going to be a very important factor for them as well in the back end. Good size at six foot 198, four career interceptions in three seasons with UC Davis. He is lining up to be one of their number one corners on the outside. Uh, Michael Powell is going to be another dude that they're looking at across from him. You also have Elijah Jackson, uh, Devon Banks, and some few other guys behind them as well. Overall, this is a good mixture of young talent and veteran talent with a lot of transfers, especially at the linebacker spot. I don't know if Washington is going to be returning to form this year defensively. It's really difficult to look at what they lost and what they're replacing it with and definitively say that they're going to be better. I hope they are because I'm definitely not a a Washington hater, but that definitely does not seem the way it's trending. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, my final thoughts and my prediction for this game. This is a Locked on Sunnables podcast. Finally, guys, make sure that you are tuning in to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by my friend uh, Spencer Spencer Schultz and uh, oh goodness, I'm totally spaced out. Um, goodness gracious, the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Uh, get get all your Pac-12 news in thirty minutes or less. Stay in touch with everything going on in the Pac-12 and. Make it your second listen of the day right after Locked on Sun Levels. Goodness gracious, just biggest rain fart right there. Looking overall at Washington, I'm not impressed with this team. I'm really not. It's hard to really buy into Kalen DeBoer turning this ship around in his first year. It's just, there's so many more question marks than there are answers. The offense should be better, but that's not saying much. The defense, you have no idea about. You really are going to be banking on Michael Penix Jr. on offense as potentially your starting quarterback to be better than Sam Howard and Dylan Morris were a year ago, and neither of them were that great. You have you have to replace a number one tight end with Kate Otten in the NFL. you got to replace your leading rusher who had less than 500 yards. Offensive lines in flux. You don't know if Jackson Kirkland's ever going to be the same if he even it will play again. 
offense is going to be rough. Even with Kalen DeBoer being an offensive-minded guy, this might not be the year. Defensively, it just, I don't know. I, I'm trying not to hate too much or come across as a hater when I don't know Washington football as well as you know Washington fans do, but it's hard to get excited about this unit that is so unproven, underwhelming, and is coming off just a historically bad season for Washington. They had given up uh, six or seven hundred yard or two hundred yard games last season, whereas from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty they had given up like six total games of two hundred plus on the ground. It just doesn't feel like they got any better. You got to replace Jackson Sermon, and you're bringing in Cam Bright, and that'll be a really good pickup for you, but. Uh, other than that, you're you're really banking on that defensive line to make a big time comeback year from the mediocrity that they put up last year. For Arizona State, this should be a game you chalk up as a win. With that being said, you have had a lot of problem in the past putting teams away. As as always, I encourage you guys if you are betters, take take the spread for the Arizona State game and bet on on the opposite team to cover. Arizona State just does not beat teams the way they're supposed to. This should be an easy win for Arizona State. I will tell you, guarantee you right now, it's not going to be. In fact, for most of the offseason, I had kind of teetered back and forth on, is this a win or a loss? Am I going to have Arizona State sitting here at 2-4? and four? Are they going to be a 3-3 three and three team with an upset in there? Are they going to be a 4-2 and two team? and have a really nice upset and then beat the teams they're supposed to? I don't really know. Like, in this scenario, yes, I do have us beating them and hopping up to a surprising 4-2 and two season so far, but the season is not kind to Arizona State. It does get tougher. And if you can't find a way to get these early victories early in the season against teams like Washington, you're going to be in trouble very early in the season. Thankfully for them, even with all the transfers Arizona State's got coming in, I feel a little more confident than I do about Washington. The returning talent is certainly good. This was an 8-5 and five team last year compared to a 4-8 and eight team a year ago. You did lose a lot, but you also brought in a lot. There's, there's a lot of exciting guys to be looking at both offensively and defensively. You got a definitively better quarterback. Say what you want about Herm Edwards, but at least he's proven to be a competent uh, Division One coach so far. Jury's out on Kalen DeBoer. I think he's a very smart guy. I think he's going to be successful at Washington, but I don't think this is his year. I don't think it's Washington's year in general. Overall, Arizona State's somehow going to hop out to a four and two record to start off the season. Good for them. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked On Sunnibals podcast, though. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to see us in a visual platform, wherever you do get those podcasts, though, make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content Monday through Friday. If you want to stay in touch with everything Arizona State, follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast where there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils and follow my Sports Illustrated page at All Sun Devils for all the content I'm putting out there all the time. So until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked